you know, we are still the church. We are still the church. We are the bride of Christ. And I don't like being called bride that often. But uh, if we're going to talk about the bride of Christ, and then, and uh, I'm okay with that one time. But um, that's what I want to talk about here a little bit, uh, really, for the next couple of weeks, is the church. We are the church. And it's exciting to be connected with churches all over the world that are worshiping the Lord this morning all over our country, at the same time right now, all over Houston and all over Texas and all over America, people are worshiping to God and hearing the word of God with us right now. We, we, are, we are even bigger than just who is uh, here this morning, but we are the church. We are the church, and God loves his church, and he's providing for our church, and he's going to be with our church. So we're going to be talking about the church for the next couple of weeks um, those of you who know, we were, we were missionaries for a time in the Netherlands, and when we first got to the Netherlands, yeah, there we go, um, we, we, when we first got there, we, uh, Becky and I, we went walking around, and we wanted to kind of see the city a little bit, did some shopping, and we're, we're walking down this cool little cobblestone road, sort of, and we get to the end of it, and we, we found ourselves on, on Embassy Lane, I guess. There are all these different uh, countries' embassies there, so you look and, and you see like the Swedish flag. There's a little seal, and that's where their embassy is. And then there was the Spanish flag, and it's over here, and, and the Brazilian, it's over here. And, and it's just a beautiful area. It had these trees and canopy trees and everything, and we're just walking through this beautiful area. And we're looking, and they were smallish, modest-ish buildings there, Swedish flag and all these different things. And so we're looking, we're like, well, where's, where's the American embassy? Where's the U.S. embassy? We see these smaller buildings and all this, and then we, we come upon the U.S. embassy, and it's huge, and I thought, America, okay, that's what, <laughs> even in Europe, <laughs> even in the Netherlands, uh, and, and it was great, and so what we were thinking with that embassy, uh, they had those all over the world, uh, normally in the capital cities, U.S. embassy and, and different countries' embassies are, are, are everywhere, and it's supposed to be a place for uh, being on foreign soil, that uh, citizens of that country can come and, and they can, it's a safe place if they need some information or uh, it, it's, it's kind of there and it's technically that the U.S. Embassy in the Netherlands is uh, U.S. soil and so when you walk in there, it's, it, it's American in there and, um, but it, it's a great place to, when you're on foreign soil like we were for a time, when you're on foreign soil to be able to go to a place where had that American flag and all that and they had those all over the world, and I got to thinking about it, and the Lord has set up his embassies all over the world on foreign soil to provide safety and to provide help and to provide ministry, and that's called the church. And it's a place that, it's a, it's a little bit of home away from home, and we believe that heaven's going to be maybe a little bit like this, uh, where we can come and we can worship him. And there we are on foreign soil, and we have our little, little bit of heaven there. And that's what the church is. It's a place that you can come and you can, you can be safe. You can hear about the Lord. You can pray, and you can be there. And I'm thankful for this building that we can come into and that we can worship the Lord. So as we talk about the church here on foreign soil, I remember our former assistant superintendent of the Assemblies of God, you know, Alton Garrison, Pastor Alton Garrison, he was one of my former pastors. Uh, he used to say, there ain't nothing like the local church when the local church is working right. And I like a local church that's working right. And that's what he used to say. 
And I, I believe in the local church. I believe in the local church so much, I, I wouldn't be here today if I did not believe in the local church. I believe in it. The local church is the bride of Christ. He will protect his bride. How many of you know that? I'm thankful for that. Understanding who we are is vital to the future of the church, and it's vital to friendship church as well. How many of you remember when you were kids, you played the, the little church, little rhyme there? It's like, here's the church, and here's the steeple. Open it up. See all the people. Remember that? Only like four of y'all. Come on. Anybody? It was a real thing, I promise. I did not just make this up. <clears throat> Yeah, you open it up and you see all the people. Why? Because the people inside are the church. The people inside of the church. So if you have your Bibles, you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. If you don't have your Bibles, we have uh, on the screen there for you as well. Ephesians chapter 2. Paul has written a letter to the Ephesians. And i got to tell you, this is uh, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. I love Ephesians chapter 2 because Paul is attempting to do something uh, that he was getting uh, a little bit of friction with, uh, especially early on in his ministry, uh, that there was kind of an Old Testament way of thinking, and he was trying to bring them into the New Testament way of thinking. So he starts off in Ephesians chapter 2, and he's talking about how that you were dead in your transgressions, but that people were still looking to the law. And he says, no, that you were saved by grace through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. And so he's trying to bring them uh, out of kind, of kind of an Old Testament way of thinking where it's like, well, we've got to follow the law. We've got to do what the law says, and that's how we'll get salvation. He says, no, no, no. Now Jesus has come, and the veil has been ripped, and so we, it is grace. You were saved by grace through faith. And not everybody was, was getting it at that time, and sometimes not everybody gets it even here today, that it's not about looking to the law. It's about looking to Jesus Christ and what he did. There's nothing that I could do. I could, I could uh, look up all of the 653 laws that are in the Jewish Torah, and I could do all of those things, but if I don't follow Jesus Christ, then it's not, it's not going to work. I don't get, I, there's no way I could ever stack up to it, because even if I did all those laws and, and did everything for one day or one week, or maybe one month, I may trip up. And so that, there's nothing that I can do to get myself into heaven. It's through Jesus Christ. And so he's, he's wrestling with these Ephesians, and he's wrestling with these people trying to tell them this is what we're supposed to do. There was an Old Testament way of thinking, and he's kind of dragging them into this New Testament way of thinking. Another way to do it is that there was a temple that they had to go to on the Sabbath, and they would go, and that's where the presence of God was. So if you wanted to come, and make your, you had to make your sacrifice out front, whether it was a bull or a dove, whatever it was, and then you go in, and, and, and you light the candle, the incense, and then the, the high priest would, would meet once a year, really, for the direction. And so there was a building that they had to go to, and that was in the Old Testament. He's bringing us along, and he's going to tell us that there's something a little bit different here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, he says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. See, back then... Uh, the law was through the Jews, and so only the Jews had a relationship with Jesus Christ, or with God. Now he's bringing in Gentiles, okay? Raise your hand if you're a Gentile. That's everybody. Raise your hand. Come on. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. Gentiles unite. Here we go. We are Gentiles. So he says, you Gentiles, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. That's good for us. 
We're no longer strangers. We're no longer foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. So that embassy, we couldn't just walk into any embassy there in the Netherlands we wanted to. We could walk into the U.S. one. But now he says that you are citizens, so you can walk into this church. You, you, you are the family, we are the family of God together. And what brings us together is that faith in Jesus Christ. Us Gentiles are no longer strangers. We're no longer foreigners. Verse 20, together we are his house. Together we are his house. Not together we go to a house. Together we are his house. We are the church. We had a professor when I was in college, and it didn't matter. He would preach a couple of times in, in chapel, and it didn't matter what he preached about. By the end of it, he got to the point where he was screaming, we are the church. Gene Brown, I loved it so much. Whatever he preached about, it didn't matter. He was going to say, we are the church, and he was screaming. He was so excited, and it was hilarious at the time, and I just thought, what is this guy doing? And then here I am, my first sermon as a senior pastor, and I'm like, we are the church. Gene Brown was right, okay? But we are. We are the church. And, and that is a little bit of a mind sh- shift from, well, we go to church, but now we are the church. Ephesians chapter 20, or I'm sorry, Romans chapter 16, verse 5, says, also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. There's a location, that's the home, and then there's the people, that's the church. We are the church. First Timothy, it says, until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church. Well, he's not going to read to a building. He's reading to the church, to the people. First Corinthians 3, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? The Spirit of God lives inside of you. There was a, there was a time when they could once a week, come down to the temple to try to be near the presence of the Lord, which meant if you sinned on Tuesday, you had to wait until the Sabbath to come and make your sacrifice. But now the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We can talk to God anytime, anywhere, all the time, because Jesus lives inside of us. We are this house play. We are the house for the church. We are the church. Back to Ephesians, together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. I love that song that we sang there at the end of Christ Alone Cornerstone. It's so perfect. Jesus is the cornerstone which everything is built on top of and it is a sturdy rock. It is a sturdy rock for us to build our house on. Jesus even talks about it in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, where are you going to build your house? Are you going to build it on the rock? Are you going to build it on the sand? And there has been empire and religion over and over the years who has built their uh, house on a sand, but only God's is on a rock because he is the rock. He's not on a rock. He is the rock. And so built on this rock, we have a sturdy foundation. And, and, and not that we needed all of these others, but then it says apostles and prophets are even on top of that. And then throughout the history of Christendom, 
We can look back at Martin Luther and Charles Spurgeon and D.L. Moody and Billy Graham and Pastor Tim Barker. Somebody tell them I'm, I'm putting him in with those people. <laughs> Help me out. On all these people, we as the church are standing on top of them. How tall do we stand as the church? Too many times we act like, oh, boy, I don't know what we're going to do with this society, and, and we can't say this and do that. And we're, Sometimes the church acts fearful and, and, and acts like we can't do it. Do you realize how tall we stand and how sturdy of a rock we stand on? On Jesus Christ, on all the prophets, on all the apostles, on all the men and women through history that have furthered Christendom, we stand on top of them. We are the church, and we're not going to be defeated. We're not. We're not. At any time, at any time in history that the church has been attacked, the church has responded with growth and health. It has. You look right now, you look at the church in China, in Iran, in Nigeria, places like that, where they are anti-Christian, we don't want the church, you're not allowed to have a church, you're not allowed to meet. So you would think, wow, there's probably only a handful of Christians there. Nope, the church is thriving. In fact, it's on fire in China, in Iran, in Nigeria. Don't, don't tell the authorities there, okay? But it's happening. There's an underground church that is going. And we're over here in America, and we can meet, and we're a little fearful. I say, we are the church, do you realize how high, how tall we stand and how sturdy our foundation is? There is no reason to feel weakness. There is no reason to wonder, well, what can I do? What can you do? You're the church. You got the power of the living God living inside of you. We don't have to wait to go into a building. It lives inside of us. Now, let me head something off of the past here real quick, okay? Are you saying, Pastor, that we do not have to go to church? Is that what you're saying? No. That's not what I'm saying. Look at your neighbor and say, that's not what he's saying. Go ahead. That's not what I'm saying. Okay? It says, we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. We are carefully joined together. He didn't just throw these, the people that are standing in this room today watching online, he didn't just throw us here together. He has carefully joined us. And we, with care, he knows what he's doing. And he brings us together knowing what he is doing. Hebrews says, forsake not the joining together of yourselves, right? The assembling of yourselves. In Acts, they met daily after the day of Pentecost fell. Maybe I, what I'm saying, I'm not saying you shouldn't go to church. Maybe I'm saying we should go to church more often. Because we're joined together. We are in this thing together, okay? And if one of you misses church, we miss you. Because this is the house. Listen, we'd have a problem if this, left, if this wall over here decided not to come to church today. We'd have a problem. We'd have a problem if the roof decided, you know, I'm going to watch online for a couple of weeks. It's not, <laughs> we would have a problem. And we have a problem when you're not with us. You make us better as the church. Let's talk about online. 
online service, we have to have an online service based upon the last 15 months of what's going on in the country and the world. We need online service, okay? If you're sick, please stay home and watch. If you're out of town or got to work, then you can watch it later to stay connected with us. Statistics show that, that uh, newcomers, before they come to your church, they watch a service online to see if, if they can connect. We have to have an online service, and we have to have an online presence. Absolutely. But it does not take the place of regularly attending service. When we come together, it's not in your notes, so you keep it right there, but just to, just to jump ahead in, in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. <laughs> so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So yes, the Lord helps us to grow, absolutely. But because God lives inside of me and God lives inside of each one of you, we help each other to grow. Have you ever been in a service before and when you saw someone else the way that they worshipped, you worshipped a little bit more. You were like, oh, okay, it's time to worship. Now, I wonder how many have looked at you and thought, okay, I want to worship like that guy. That's what it is. We are in this together. And because we are in this together, spiritually and physically, then that's when we grow. That's when we begin to grow. <laughs> we don't have to come to a building to become a Christian, okay? But to find your identity and purpose and growth, you must be joined to the body. You must be joined to the body. Some of you, you got saved outside of the church building. But now, we are hands, we are feet, we are ears, we are different parts of the body, and we need each other. Not just you need the church, we need you. So for those of you who are watching online, I hope to see you next week. We want you here. We want you with us. We are better when you come. You are better when we are all here together. We are better together. It's true because it rhymes, right? We are better together. Ephesians 2.22, continuing. Through him, you Gentiles, where's my Gentiles at? You Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. So that says there's not a certain kind of people is, is only where God can live. There's not a certain kind of people. We all can take part in this. Not a certain kind of people. There's not, oh, well, I guess they can come. No, no, no. Everyone is welcome in the body. Everyone is welcome. And I am so thankful for that. If we were to jump back one chapter in Ephesians chapter 1, he says, God has put all things under the authority of, of Christ, all things, all things under the authority of Christ, and has made him head over all things for the benefit of what? Of the church. All things are under Christ, and he is the head. Why? For the benefit of us, the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete with Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. He 
makes us complete. We are his church, and he is the head. Without the head, we're just we're running around. I don't even know what we're doing. But if Jesus is the head of our church, we know where to go because he sees what maybe we don't see. And so he tells us, go out and reach. He hears what maybe we don't hear. He can say what we can't say sometimes because he is the head. So what, is, what does Peter say about this? Peter walked and talked with, with Jesus for three years. He actually saw miracles. He saw the transfiguration. He not only saw Jesus walk on water, he actually walked on water. Peter might would know a little bit about this subject. In fact, it was Jesus that looked at him and said, Upon you, Peter, I will build my church. So what does Peter have to say about all this? Does he say anything close to what Paul is talking about here? Look in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. He says, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple, his spiritual house. You are living stones, which means you're not set in place there and you stop and you stay, but you're living, you're growing, you're moving, you're active. You are living stones. But when, when you miss, the church hurts because we need to be together. And we are building into his spiritual temple and that is that is a big his his spiritual temple church this isn't my house this isn't your house this is God's house this isn't my house this is not Adam assembly all of a sudden this is not your house this is God's house and if God is leading us and God is directing us and God is moving before us and protecting us from behind and and walking with us when we limp, we're going to go far because it's his church. We do what he wants us to do. What is our purpose? What are the purposes of the church? Not just the building, but yes, the building. When we come together, the purposes, why we are here. First of all, we're going to worship. I love to worship God. I don't know about you. I can't sing, but I will sing very loud, okay? That's why I was up here by myself. My family was like, I'm going to get behind you. <clears throat> I love to sing. I love to worship the Lord. I feel close to him when I worship the Lord. Some of you do as well. When we come into his house, into his house, we are going to worship God. How many of you know that? We're going to sing songs. We're going to clap our hands. That is worship. But did you know that you can worship the Lord outside of this house? Why? Because we are the church. This isn't one place to do all of this. When we go outside, when you are generous with your money, you are worshiping God. When you are kind and you show compassion to others, that's actually worshiping God. Teenagers, when you honor your mother and father, you are actually worshiping God in that. I know I got some amen from some parents there. When you honor your mother and father, you are worshiping God in that way. So we worship God in the building, and we worship God outside the building as well because we're taking the building with us. We are the building. I love it when, when, when people say uh, things like, boy, remember back in the day we would have service, we'd have church for three hours. No, you wouldn't because you're still having church. We are the church. We've been having church since the day of Pentecost, Okay. We've been having church for 2,000 years because we are the church. We're going to worship here. We're going to worship out there. 
Second thing, second purpose of the church is we're going to hear the word of God. You are literally doing that right now. We are looking at the word of God. And that's what we're going to do. That's part of the purpose of the church. Did you know that you can read your Bible not on Sunday, outside the church? They make them portable now. They're amazing. You can take this thing with you. <laughs> you can take this with you away. They even put them on cell phones now. Thank you. I'm, I'm getting some help. On your smartphone, no one has a dumb phone anymore. So on all phones, they've got Bibles. You can read the Bible. I remember <laughs> I remember. I worked in college. I worked at a, at a spaghetti warehouse in downtown Dallas. And it, it would always get on my nerves whenever people would go on a smoke break and they would ask me to watch their tables. It was always me they were going to ask, you know, so, hey, I'm going to go, uh, you know, smoke break. <sighs> okay, great. So after a while, I was like, you know what? All right, we're getting back at them. So I would walk up to them Friday night. We're all slammed. And I'd go, hey, I'm going to go take a Bible break. I'll be right back. Can you watch my tables? <laughs> and they'd, <laughs> and I would. I'd go to the back. I'd read a chapter. All right, sounds good. And I'd come back out, <laughs> go back to my tables. You can read the Bible outside of church. Did you know that? It is possible. Now, when we read the Bible here in the church, it is for the corporate. Like today, like we have a focus on the church right now. When you go home and when you read tomorrow, you can read for yourself, for your person, what you want to grow in. Do you need to read Genesis? Do you need to read Nehemiah? Do you need to read something uplifting in Philippians? Whatever it is, you can build your spiritual man that way. When we come here together, it's for corporate, right? But you can read and you can learn inside the building, but also at home. We want to equip the saints for acts of service. That is a major part of the church, acts of service. We can serve inside the church, inside the building. Children's ministry greeter ministry, usher ministry, worship team, all different things, we serve the church. Do you know that you can serve people outside the church as well? Serving people is not just limited to inside the church. How about those business men and women who are sitting here? When you conduct business, do you do it with honesty and integrity? That is serving your people. That is serving the outside. Acts of service, and there's many others. And then equipping the saints, well, that's discipleship. You come here, and we, we have Bible studies, and we learn the Word together. That's equipping the saints. Outside the church, do you realize that almost all of Jesus' miracles were outside the temple? It was while he was walking here, or when he entered this city. Every, all, almost all of his miracles, there was only really three or four stories of him in church, and one of those times he was flipping tables over, so... Don't do that. <clears throat> but all of his, almost all of his miracles were outside the church. So you want to talk about equipping the saints, we equip the saints for you to go out into the world and show the love of Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing. Build community. That's what we want to do. We want to build community. I like you people already. I don't know you that well, but I already like you. And that's part of building community. When we come into the house, we want us to talk, and we want us to be friends even. And let's hang out together, and we're going to pray together, and that's how we build community. And we can do that 
outside the church. I don't know what's typically done here, but maybe you go to, to lunch together with a few people here and there, or you meet for coffee throughout the week. Absolutely, we are building community. If we're a family, if we're a church, then we come together and we build community. Last main purpose of the church, and there's a few others as well, but as far as main purposes of the church, we reach the lost. We have to reach the lost church. We cannot have an us for and no more mentality. We have to reach the lost. Someone reached out and told you the love of Jesus Christ, didn't they? We as the church, yes, there are times that people may come to church and we can minister to them, but we've got to go out. We've got to go out. The Great Commission does not say, wait, I'll bring people to you. He says, go into all the world. He says, go into all the world. If we want to see Friendship Church grow, we cannot wait for people to just walk in. If we want Friendship Church to grow, then we need to be the church outside this building. We have to reach out. Take the church to them. If you've always thought, boy, I, I wish this coworker would go to church. You go talk to them. They just went to church. If you're the church, I wish, I wish my, my son would get into church, my cousin, my father. Call them up. They just went to church. You know, I, I, leave, I leave my house to go to church, and there's my neighbor, and I wave at him. And then I come back from church, and he's there, and I just wave at him. I just wish he would go to church. Walk over and talk to him. You just took him to church, or you brought church to him. That's how we're going to do it. It's not a, wait, I'll bring them to you. It's a, go into all the world. I'm going to ask our worship team if they would make their way to come back. We're going to worship the Lord again, but... But I want to point us to what our job is as the church. Know that the power of God lives inside of us because we are the church. I am thankful for then in, in the Old Testament when they, when they had to go to the temple and they had to do all that. But as Paul is telling the Ephesians here, that's, that's not the way it is anymore. You don't have to wait until Sunday to worship God. You don't have to wait until Sunday to even think about God. Because the church lives inside of us. So I want to ask you, Friendship Church, if you would dream with me for a minute. If you would dream with me just for a minute. We're going to go into a time of prayer, and, and this, is, this is what I'd like us to dream. This is what I'd like us to pray for. Because of me, and you can ask yourself this, because of me, because you're the church, you can begin to play, that's fine, whenever you're ready. Because of me, what does Friendship Church look like in one month, in one year, in five years? What does Friendship Church look like because of me? Not the building. I don't know what the building's going to look like. I don't, I don't have a clue. What, is, what does the church look like because of my efforts? because of my gifts and talents that God's given me, because of the fire that lives inside of me, what does Friendship Church look like in one month? 
What does Friendship Church look like in one year? What does friendship look like in five years? What does it look like because, because of what God is going to do through me? If you would take just a few minutes, I want you to pray and ask God those questions. God, what does Friendship Church, what does your church here in Richmond, Texas, what does it look like next month? because of how much I pray, because of how much I read the word, because of how much I reach out, because of how much I worship. What does Friendship Church look like in a month, in a year, in five years? Let's take just a moment as they begin to play and let's ask God and let's talk to the Lord. God, what does Friendship Church look like in the future? Let's pray. Lord, we pray for your church. God, we pray that it is a strong church. It is a church that loves others. It's a church that loves you, God, with all its heart. Yes, on Sunday morning when we meet together as a family, we would cry out to you and love you. God, as we leave church on Sunday, God, we, we take that power with us when we go to work, when we go to school, when we are with our family, know that you are with us. We didn't leave you here in this building. God, you, you're coming with us. You live inside of us. The same power that raised you from the dead lives inside of us. We are not a weak church. We're not a trembling church. We're not a confused church. We are your church with you as the head. Not only the head, you are our foundation as well. It is a sturdy rock that the church stands on. So God, I pray for Friendship Church, that we would be the church that you want us to be because it's your church. It's your church. We give up our right to rule. We give up our right. But we get, it's yours. It's yours. We follow you. God, I pray for Friendship Church. In the next month, how you're going to use us, what you're going to do through us and in us and to us. God, we pray for Friendship Church for the next year. God, the amazing things that you have in store for us over the next year. God, we thank you for them. And God, in five years, as we look down the road, Lord, I hope that we, I pray that we stand in awe of all you have done over the past five years to see where you have brought us, where we have grown and where we have strengthened. God, I pray that you would lead us and guide us. And we won't get to that point if we try to wrestle control. God, we give you control. You are the head. You are our foundation. God, I pray for your church this morning. We thank you, Jesus your name.